Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast of English composer Andrew Downs. My name is Paula Downs, I am Andrew's younger daughter and on today's show I am very happy to introduce you to my sister, Andrew's older daughter Anna Downs, who is a professional violinist, head of music at Old Swinford Hospital School, founder of two orchestras and most recently founder of Music for Sanctuary, a recital series to raise money for the homeless. We are going to have a chat about her life and career performing the works of Andrew Downs. So big welcome to Anna Downs. How are you? Yes, I'm not too bad, thank you. Glad it's the weekend, of course. Well, we're delighted to have you on the Andrew Downs podcast. Delighted to be here. Fabulous. Could you tell us a bit about your background and why you got into music in the first place? Uh, well, obviously, as you know, we both grew up in a um, very musical home. We were listening to music from the, the word go, really. Um, Christmas is often involved singing around the piano in parts. Um, so we both obviously both learned two musical instruments. And uh, our mom obviously taught us the violin and we had uh, daily practice sessions. Then um, youth orchestras played a very important part, certainly in my life. Um, I was going to study uh, French and German at university, had places to do that. But uh, in the end, I had to do music. It was just what was in my soul and um, I couldn't walk away from it at that point. So then I uh, took um, a course, uh, well, did a, a degree course in music at Exeter. And then from there, uh, you know, started my career, really. And are you glad that you did music in the end? Yeah, absolutely. 100% no regrets at all. Um, I've never had a day where I've thought I wished I hadn't done music. In fact, I often feel I, I don't know what my life would have been like had I not have had this burning desire to always be making music or working in music. And what made you choose to learn the violin in particular? Why did I learn the violin? I don't remember ever a conversation whereby I was asked if I wanted to learn the violin, but that isn't that is in no way a negative because I was a, no I certainly never had the thought oh, I don't want to play the violin. I loved it from the word go and uh, mum will always say that I enjoyed having a daily lesson because it meant I got her attention. I don't remember having that conscious thought, but perhaps that is true. Um so yeah, I learnt with mum until uh, grade eight, post grade eight, when I was 15, 16. And then, of course, uh, I um, had a few lessons with one or two teachers, went to university, studied with Malcolm Latcham of the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields. And I had uh, some, I mean, we obviously were playing in string quartets, earning money from, well, I was 16, I think, when we, you must have been about 13. Um, and uh, so that was at my early earning money through music career, I suppose. Then at university, I did a couple of things, played with a, um, a professional orchestra called the English Mozart Players, and I played on Radio 2 as a soloist for a sort of Songs of Praise type programme, which was broadcast from Exeter Cathedral. At the end of my degree, unfortunately, things weren't going too well for me, um, various things. I'd had some bad advice from a tutor telling me that I should give up. Uh, I think we've Terrible. all had... Yes, but I think we've all had those moments as musicians. Um, and I was for a while, you know, very disillusioned. Uh, but again, it was mum who um, sort of picked me back up and said, right, you know, 
you're going to have lessons with David Gregory of the CBSO, who, of course, taught you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a real turning point for me. And um, I got back involved with Midland Youth Orchestra. Um, and then I, from that, set up my own semi-professional orchestra, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yeah. And then probably in my late 20s, I started to do more and more um, professional playing. Um, and I got into various um, touring groups that accompanied artists like Catherine Jenkins and Russell Watson. And uh, then I did a few years of work with the English Symphony Orchestra, still work for them on occasion. And, yes, just built up like that, really. Um, I now have my own professional chamber orchestra, the Central England Camerata. I do uh, recitals with a pianist called Tony Bridgewater and, of course, you. Um, (laughs) And uh, a lot of weddings and concerts, really. And it's, it's very exciting. I really enjoy it. OK, and you're going to be doing some concerts for your new series, Music for Sanctuary, which is a fantastic new series of concerts to raise money for the homeless. Um, so obviously growing up in the 80s, I was very aware of um, homelessness on the streets of Birmingham uh, when I was a child. And we used to go and visit Dad at the Conservatoire. Dad obviously being an ardent socialist, so he was quite vocal in his opinions about what had caused this. Um, And I remember even then being shocked and thinking, one day I really want to do something about homeless people, uh, you know, and to help them, really. Um, So fast forward to where we are now. Obviously, we've seen since 2010 um, rising numbers of homeless uh, on the streets, which has really fundamentally bothered me. Um, Just before Christmas, I took my two sons into Birmingham and we uh, gave away food that we'd had for a party to homeless people between Snow Hill and New Street and it was a real it was it was very moving experience because you know some of those homeless people were veterans and they were sitting in their wheelchairs with limbs missing and you know the these people have just been forgotten about That's but terrible. we I decided I, I decided I wanted to use my musical skills and my contacts to try and do something so I set up this series whereby um, it, they're free concerts with people who, who have a recital program who, or who can offer something. They're hour-long recitals and uh, people... So there's no pressure on anyone to, to pay for anything, but they're encouraged to make a donation at the end, um, which will go to a homeless charity. Um, and that's... what We've got about 15 concerts booked in for... 2019 and i've already got people asking to do them next year in 2020 Um, and this is school music departments professional musicians community groups it's all very exciting how how people are so willing to give up their time for free because we're all so moved by seeing these people just you know left to fend for themselves in what is supposed to be a developed country and how can people find out when and where your Music for Sanctuary concerts are happening? Well, we have um, a website, which is www.musicforsanctuary.org. All the details are on there. Um, there there's also a Facebook page, Music for Sanctuary. Um, so there are two series in Hagley, one at St John's Church and one at the Free Church. And um, there are sort of one or two recitals per month in Hagley going on. That sounds absolutely wonderful. Now tell us about one of your own performances for Music for Sanctuary. Um, Yeah, so on 9th of June, uh, we're obviously doing a trio recital, the Himley Trio, in which um, I'm performing uh, 
dad's violin sonata. Okay, well I'm now going to play that violin sonata by Andrew Downs, this time performed by Rupert Marshall Luck on the violin and Duncan Honeybourne on the piano. This is on their CD, The God Marduk, works for violin, viola and piano by Andrew Downs, released in 2019 by EM Records.
you can purchase that beautiful CD, WAVs and MP3 files at andrewdowns.com. It is entitled The God Marduk Works for Violin, Viola and Piano by Andrew Downs, performed by Rupert Marshall Luck and Duncan Honeybourne, released in 2019 by EM Records. You can also learn more about the violin sonata by visiting andrewdowns.com and you can read about the premiere on the blog of Cynthia Downs, Andrew's wife and publisher. And back to Anna. So you have founded your own orchestras, the Central England Ensemble and the Central England Camerata. Could you tell us a bit about those? Okay, so back in, uh, gosh, 2000, I just qualified as a secondary school teacher. I was living in Birmingham and I'd got lots of musical contacts. Um, And I, obviously being the daughter of a composer, I wanted to uh, promote his music, but also the music of other young, well, not just young, uh, composers of the Midlands region, as I really felt and still feel that there are, there isn't enough performance of live uh, composers going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I set up an orchestra which was made up of very high standard amateurs, music students uh, and s- people who do do gigs. And, um, yeah, we started off in November 2001 played Andrew Dan Symphony Number no. 2. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. And uh, Schumann Piano Concerto with Duncan Honeybourne in that concert and Mozart Marriage of Figaro Overture. We then uh, did uh, about four or five concerts a year, uh, two European tours, mm, and yes, I those. Uh, some festivals in, over the course of the next 16 years. Um, and we performed a piece by a Midlands composer in every one. Amazing. And then... From that, I I then started working full time at Old Swinford Hospital, where I am currently director of music. And so Central England Ensemble, I felt, had run its course as far as I could take it at that time. Um, But I wanted to um, sort of use uh, my professional contacts more. So I set up a professional chamber orchestra, which... Um, is primarily to stage its own events such as Come and Sing, uh, Messiah, uh, Mozart Requiem, Foray Requiem, um, with with the orchestra and but having that community link, and um, but by also by raising money for charity. So uh, our partner charities have been Oxfam, um, Stourbridge Branch, Mary Stevens Hospice, Spinal Injuries Units and the NSPCC. Um, and we've also performed quite a lot of Andrew Dan's music in this with this orchestra as well. And is it hard work fixing all the players and organising all the concerts? I'd say that fixing an amateur orchestra, as anyone out there will, will know, is, I mean, it's, it's, it's fraught with difficulties because for an amateur orchestra... You've got to have more rehearsal time um, and people aren't being paid. So you might have, if you've got people who are playing in a high standard amateur group, they may still be doing paid work as well. Um, so a lot of the players were doing the orchestra because they wanted to play the repertoire that we were doing. Mm. But, you know, if then paid work came up, they would drop out. And, mm. you know, you can't blame them for that because people have to make a living. But that's could upset the apple cart and would cause me quite a lot of stress I mean we always got there in the end but yes I did feel that after 16 years and 
being 16 years older than I had been when I started it, it wasn't something I could maintain. Whereas if you're fixing a group um, where people are being paid, uh, and this isn't always the case. In fact, I've had somebody do this to me today. Um, they they t don't tend to drop out because they're worried about their reputation um, or they'll find a replacement. So it's probably a bit easier. Which is your favourite orchestral work by Andrew Downs that either of your orchestras have performed? Well, uh, that's an interesting one. I mean, obviously, Symphony Number no. 2, both my orchestras have performed several times. Absolutely love that one. It's completely unique as far as I'm concerned. An absolute jewel in his um, output. Before I play Symphony Number no. 2, First Movement, here is what Andrew Downs has to say about the work. My Symphony Number no. 2 was commissioned by the Sutton Coalfield Chamber Orchestra and first performed in Sutton Town Hall in November 1985. Its inspiration is as a reaction to the horrific nuclear war inspiration of Symphony No. 1, and No. 2 is positive, somewhat pastoral, but with hints of the contrast between the countryside and city life. Here is Andrew Downs' Symphony No. 2, performed by the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra under Andre Vrabek.
that was the first movement of Andrew Downs' Symphony No. 2 and that superb recording by the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra under Andrei Vrabek, released by Artismon in 2016, can be purchased at andrewdowns.com. The conductor of that recording was Andrei Vrabek, who is also a superb hornist. Mm. He performed Andrew Downs' Horn Concerto with Central England Ensemble, didn't yeah. he? Um, yeah. That, that must have been quite an experience. What was he like? That was absolutely fantastic. It was at Birmingham Town Hall um, and it was the premiere of, of that piece that was written for us and him. And um, it was, I mean, he's, he's an, a phenomenal artist um, and a really, really nice man as well, which is half of the battle, as you know yourself. If you've got somebody who is uh, willing to work with you and communicate um, in a down-to-earth way, uh, it just makes for a much more successful um, and musical performance. Yeah. Um, also, he it was an interesting uh, occasion as well because he'd obviously come from the Czech Republic mm. and our conductor at the time, well, he's, he still conducts the Camerata, Anthony Bradbury, had flown in from China where he was living at the time. So we had two <laughs> intense weekends of um, rehearsing this wonderful music um so as i say it was intense but it was very very exciting we're gonna have to get that piece recorded so instead today i'm going to play a movement from the four horns concerto by andrew downs and andre is playing second horn solo in this yes i remember that well i I remember the i remember the first performance in the rudolphinium that was amazing and here is andrew downs to talk about his memories of his concerto for four horns and symphony orchestra I'd written several pieces for horn ensembles and brass ensembles from the wonderful Czech Philharmonic Orchestra and most of them had been broadcast and recorded. I wanted an opportunity to write a work for the whole orchestra so I asked my main contact and great friend Stanislav Zutzanek if he could put out some feelers. He came back quite quickly with the amazing news that the orchestra would like a concerto for four horns and orchestra as a companion piece to the Schumann Concertstück. The premiere in February 2002 was in the Dvorak Hall, Rudolfinum, Prague. The soloists were four great horn players, Radek Babarak, Stanislav Sutsanek, Andre Vrabec and Zdenek Zdivoki. My whole family came to Prague for this, as well as lots of friends. It was an incredible performance, and the audience was warm and appreciative. As you can imagine, I was most excited. This is the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra performing Andrew Downs' Concerto for Four Horns and Symphony Orchestra on Czech Radio.
Thank <laughs> you.
performance of Andrew Dan's Concerto for Four Horns and Symphony Orchestra, performed by the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra under Vladimir Valek, can be heard on andrewdance.com. You can also read all about the premiere performances of Concerto for Four Horns and Symphony Orchestra, as well as Concerto for Solo Horn and Symphony Orchestra, on Cynthia Downs' blog. Now, back to my guest and sister, Anna Downs. Tell us about your work as a teacher. So I trained as a teacher in uh, the year 1999 to 2000. Uh, I graduated thinking from university thinking I'm never going to be a teacher. After a year of working in the insurance office, I came around to thinking that maybe I'd try and do a teaching qualification. So I did my PGCE. I loved that year. Then I started my career uh, as a music teacher at King's um, Church of England School in Wolverhampton, which was certainly a baptism of fire, a very tough school. Um, but I, I learned a lot during that time, um, certainly learned how to control a class um, and also learned that, you know, a lot of children, they might they they can be very naughty and very disruptive, but there's always a story going on behind that. And also, and I'll still stand by this, a lot of the naughtiest children are the most musical, which really makes you think about how we teach and whether our style of learning is appropriate mm. for some of our more troubled children. Um, then I moved on to Crestwood School in 2002, where I became head of music. Um, that's interestingly a school where I trained as well on my teaching practice. Spent five years there, um, had some great times, uh, put on two school productions, uh, West Side Story, which is very ambitious for a a, uh, a comprehensive school and then um, The Sound of Music which was they're both great productions then I had my children and wanted to go part time so the job at Old Swinford Hospital uh, came up as head of instrumental studies uh, Old Swinford Hospital is a boys boarding school it's a great school uh, loads of extracurricular opportunities going on and really really talented students um, I did that job as head of instrumental studies for eight years and then became director of music there in 2015. And tell us about the music by Andrew Downs that you've performed with school children. So our school choir, uh, which is about 40 strong SATB, um, we've done The Lord is My Shepherd and we've done, uh, we performed that in uh, the noon prayers at Cologne Cathedral uh, two years oh, ago. Wow. Um, and then we, with the chamber choir, we've done Oh Love the Lord, All Ye His Saints, which we're performing 
interestingly, at 11 o'clock at Notre Dame Cathedral on the 8th of July this year. Oh, lovely. And then in the early days at Osh, we also did a piece called Andante with Jazz with the String Orchestra. Lovely. I'm now going to play The Lord is My Shepherd, performed by Royal Holloway Chapel Choir. That was Royal Holloway Chapel Choir under Lionel Pike performing Andrew Downs' The Lord is My Shepherd on their CD of choral music by Andrew Downs entitled The Lord is My Shepherd, available for purchase at andrewdowns.com. Now to end our interview, I have two questions um, for all my guests. Why do you believe music education is important? Uh, what well, Gosh, where to start? Well, um, I think, and I touched upon this earlier, 
that um, there are children who don't learn sitting at a desk particularly well. There are a lot of them. And music is a subject that breaks down those barriers. It It's something that people can do at whatever level they're comfortable with. And it's something that people can achieve success with as long as the teachers are understanding and the vast majority are, that I've met are, um, you know, you, you can have real success according to your own sort of targets or limits. Um, and I also think that music is vitally important uh, for mental health. I mean, the, the amount of people that I know who have anxiety or depression problems and turn to music for um, help and support is amazing. And I do think that there's a real correlation between the fact that music in schools is on the decline and mental health is on the rise. Because if you take away those subjects that give people that sense of well-being, you are going to have that increase in anxiety, you know. And that that leads me on to my second question, which you may have already answered. Why is music good for us? Um, because it feeds the soul. Um, it makes you understand who you are um, in a more superficial sense. I suppose it helps us build relationships. Well, maybe it's not superficial, but it helps us build relationships with other people. It also de- develops parts of the brain that aren't developed through other subjects. And universities certainly do recognise that. So even children that uh, want to study medicine, they can do that by doing um, biology, chemistry and music. You know, a lot of institutions, good institutions, will recognise music as a really, really good subject at A-level that develops parts of the brain that will then um, stand them in good stead for their onward study. Well, thank you so much for your insights. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, Thank you for asking me. A real pleasure and um, I'll see you very soon. Yep, see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.